It's September. We're back for another week of the Times News High School Football Sports Chat Podcast presented by the Lehigh Valley Health Network. I'm Justin Carlucci alongside of Patrick Matt Cinco. We're heading into week three. The regular season is a fifth of the way over already, but I'm not really good at math. So, Patrick, <laughs> what's up? Uh, wow. Yeah, I can't uh, can't believe it. You know, we'll have what half the season, I guess, through by the time we get to the end of September. Um, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty remarkable. Um, and obviously, you know, the importance of these games is just going to kind of continue to ramp up and. Uh, each week we kind of see a little bit more, um, you know, from, from each of our teams. And uh, you're still, I think there's still kind of, you know, you have some new faces in new places, I guess. And, you know, guys kind of getting varsity time, uh, you know, kind of first time in their career, sort of still trying to find their way, kind of getting their footing. But, but yeah, I think uh, we definitely have seen a lot uh, throughout the first two weeks of the season. We have a loaded episode coming up. We'll hear from Northern Lehigh head coach Joe Tout. We'll hear from Panther Valley head coach Rick Jones. We heighten head coach Tom McCarroll. And then we'll get some insight on the Tamaqua Raiders later on in the episode. But let's let's backtrack here and let's start with, uh, let's talk about some Colonial League action. Let's talk about Northwestern to kick off, kick off the podcast here. Northwestern, 38-17 to win over Salisbury last week. Rebounded after that week one loss to Notre Dame, which was just such a tough game. Uh, the Tigers turned the ball over six times in week one, and they gave up the opening kickoff of the season. So, and that game was a battle. They battled back. They faced some adversity, but it was just too much of a fast start for Notre Dame. So, I thought it was cool to see some resiliency out of head coach Josh Schneider at Northwestern taking care of business against Salisbury last week, Pat. Yeah, and obviously we talked a lot about Northwestern kind of coming through the offseason into the preseason. They were uh, part of the subject, I guess, of our uh, football tab cover story along with Tamaqua. And, yeah, they have a ton of talented guys back, uh, a lot of guys back also up front. But, um, again, you look at a kid like Devin Ballinger, uh, starting quarterback, Delaware commit, uh, supremely talented. And, I, you know, I'm sure for him, too, and for all those guys, they were probably just so eager to finally get the season started and to get a game like Notre Dame week one. Uh, that's, that's obviously huge. You know, those are two of the uh, kind of strongest programs in the Colonial League each year. And the game certainly didn't disappoint. Obviously, it didn't go Northwestern's way. But, uh, yeah, I think there were probably some opening week jitters there uh, for them. And they showed, obviously, what they're capable of against Salisbury. And you look at those skill guys like Bollinger, and then you look at running back Nick Henry, wide receiver Justin Rada. Uh, and, again, all three of those guys, like they were last year, are among the top playmakers in the area at their respective positions you know they're among the top two or three uh you know for for their positions so uh there certainly hasn't been any kind of drop off there in terms of production uh they're pretty much picking up right where they left off last year and they showed it against salisbury northwestern 392 yards of total offense per game so far across the first two weeks Defensively, they're giving up 383 yards a game, though. A lot of that was in Week One against Notre sure. Dame, but liar. yeah, yeah. But of course, you know they want to clean some of that stuff up. But the Tigers looking to keep things rolling this week. They'll take on. They'll travel to Palisades, uh, who uh, who 
to, to you know, down here for Palisades. I couldn't find the right word. Yeah. They've been so good since we've been working for the Times News. They were just, the program was on such a streak. But you know, high school sports work every now and then you got to rebuild. And Palisades is, you know, here we are in week three, and Northwestern has got to be licking their chops to kind of go get a win at Palisades, hopefully. Absolutely. And you see what Palmerton did against Palisades week one, a huge mercy rule win. Um, Palisades also coming in with a first-year head coach. So there's going to be a bit of a transition period there and just kind of going to take a little bit, I I would imagine, for them to kind of – just kind of get get their footing and uh, you know kind of see exactly what their identity is maybe this season. So yeah, it's it's always hard to gauge. Uh, you can look maybe at numbers and you know players coming back, but uh, each year they're just you know there's a little bit of a of a, of a transition period for for coaches for players. So. Yeah, and I think we've seen that through the first couple of weeks with Palisades. Yep, in Northwestern, Devin Bollinger, 408 yards through the air, second in the Times News area, so we'll see if the Tigers can keep it going with a road game against Palisades this week. Let's jump down. Saucon Valley is going to travel to Palmerton. The Panthers are 1-1. One and one. Palmerton had a tough battle with Southern Lehigh last week, as Southern Lehigh was victorious 27 to 12. However, this was a 14-12 game at halftime, Patrick. The Blue Bombers clawed their way. They were right there, and uh, that scoreboard might be a little bit deceiving because this was a ball game. And you look at what, again, we talked about Northwestern and Notre Dame as being top teams in the Colonial League, but Southern Lehigh, obviously, uh, is always always up there, a perennial powerhouse, and Southern Lehigh handled Saucon Valley in Week 1. So you look at what Southern Lehigh was able to do against Saucon Valley, and then Palmerton, again, coming off that win against Palisades, really put up put up a fight um, against a Southern Lehigh team that should be among among the top, you know, I would say among the top two or three uh, in the league by the end of the year, uh, or right there, you know, obviously right there in contention. And, yeah, that was a game where we talked about, obviously, Palmerton maybe this year has low numbers. Uh, maybe they don't quite have the depth that they would like or that some other teams do. And Southern Lehigh was just kind of able to pull away down the stretch, maybe kind of wear Palmerton down a little bit. But, but yeah, Palmerton might not have much in terms of numbers, but what they have is, is certainly very good. Yeah, for sure. This was a close game at halftime. Southern Lehigh pulled away towards the end. Uh, running back Asher Smith had 25 carries for 206 yards. So big game yeah. out of him. I'd like to see... Jordan Nelson and Sabo get the rock a little bit more. Sabo has 12 carries for a buck 48. That's 12 yards of pop. Jordan Nelson coming at 9 for 109. So these guys are capable of, of making some big splash plays. And I yeah. think the Bombers have a have a scary ceiling. And defensive coordinators are probably on their toes not getting much sleep before before Friday night game against the Bombers this year. And I feel like those are, you know, you look at those numbers and it just kind of shows that they're they're very much able to score from anywhere on the field. Uh, you know, they have that kind of big playability. And, again, it's just probably for the Palmerton coaching staff just a matter of kind of trying to spread the ball around, uh, keep a balance, and get, get guys involved, you know, kind of maybe give a guy, give a guy rest here or there. Uh, they're on the field a lot. Obviously, they can't um, – they really can't come off the field – but, uh, yeah, I think it's just a matter probably of spreading the ball around and kind of trying to get guys reps and get guys touches. And they are averaging a healthy 334 yards of total offense per game across the first two weeks. So 
Palmer's one of those teams. They're turning some heads. They got some athleticism. Like you said, they don't have the numbers, but they're making some noise in the Colonial League, and this could be such a big hypothetical victory if, if Palmer could get a nice road win or home win against Salkin. And that'd be big. And obviously, we, we talked too about kind of that opening stretch for them, the schedule this year, very difficult. Uh, so if they can maybe come out of these first three games, two and one, uh, I think that would be, I don't want to say it'd be a huge win for them, but you know, just kind of maybe looking at how some people probably view that schedule and this stretch for them. If they can come out of this two and one, I'm sure there are a lot of people that had Palmerton pegged as maybe being 0 and 3 at this point. Yep, absolutely, Pat. So interesting stuff here coming on Friday night with the Blue Bombers. Let's jump up to Lee Heighton, 1-1 one one on the season. Nice victory against Kukulhaven last week. Yeah. Kind of held Kobe Brish in check, 21 carries for 81 yards for uh, his standards the last couple of seasons. That is pretty much being held in check. The kid's been an animal. Big game from our Times News Player of the Week, if I'm not mistaken. Lucas Sandruliano, a lot of splash plays, so... Patrick, big win for Lee Heighton, rebounding after the week one loss against Fleetwood. Talk to me a little bit here. You know, it's funny. I think back even when we went to Midnight Madness, right? Uh, Lee Heighton's first uh, first practice this season for, for heat acclimation, and we were kind of standing on the sideline and watching a little bit, and I feel like we both kind of looked at each other and said, wow, you know, San Giuliano can maybe make some plays with his legs and do some things that – Heighton quarterbacks haven't maybe been able to do or haven't been asked to do the last couple of years. And you saw that, uh, I think, last week against Google Haven, where he goes for, you know, over 100 yards, has really has a bunch of big touchdown runs. He had a hand in all four of their touchdowns, had a big touchdown pass to Zach Hunsaker. And, yeah, he showed that he has that threat with his arm and his legs. Um, and that was – you know, I think there was a little bit of that on display in a week one loss to, to Fleetwood, but last week definitely it seemed like things were things were really clicking. And again, it's his first year as a starter, so he's just kind of finding his way and just sort of getting comfortable with the offense. But yeah, he definitely brings something to that to that attack that maybe you know the quarterbacks of the last few years haven't. I was talking to Coach McCarroll before the season, and I thought there was a cool. Uh, cor- a correlation between the athleticism of these quarterbacks and and being wrestlers, and you cover wrestling. You are the wrestling guy here at the newspaper. But going from Tyler Can to Cody Share, Chris Whiteman, and now San Giuliano, just having that conditioning. These are some kids that are great wrestlers and are super athletic, and you're kind of seeing what they've been able to do in terms of athleticism, rushing the football, throwing the football, and playing defensively, but they've all been solidly heightened quarterbacks, Pat. Yeah, and I think, too, just kind of making that connection between those guys as quarterbacks and wrestlers, it's been interesting because you look back at Can and Shear, and they kind of wrestled maybe up around 160, 170, and then you get down to Chris Whiteman. He kind of hung around 145, 138. And then you look at Lucas, and he last year was around 126, 132. So obviously, of the last, you know, the last three quarterbacks, he's he's been the lightest. So that would be, I, I would say, for maybe from an outsider perspective, or you know, even I'm sure. Um, as a coaching staff, I'm sure that they kind of try to maybe manage things a little bit differently, and you want to try to make sure that uh, that he stays healthy throughout the season. And if 
he's going to be out there and, and running the ball as much as he does. Obviously, he's very he's very skilled running the ball, but you want to make sure that uh, you know he doesn't get banged up because they're going to have a lot of really big games in the second half of the season and and obviously each week going forward. So yeah, I think just that connection's been pretty cool. But um, yeah, I would think too that you just want to make sure that uh, he has that durability and that he's going to be able to kind of keep making those plays throughout the season. Lee Hyten is going to draw a nice home game here. They're going to take on Central Columbia, who's making the trek to Lee Hyten. Central Columbia won. I'm surprised, though, because I went to Central Columbia last year. So, just, just saying. Just yeah. saying for all the Central Columbia folks that might be listening. Not a bad ride to Lee Hyten's multi-purpose stadium. You had a nice trip? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great trip. Did you do any sightseeing while you were out there no, in Central Columbia no. Nation? No. I mean, it's, it's difficult when you're on deadline and, you know, you're doing that kind of stuff. But, sure, I I maybe took a few a, a few scenic roads, maybe, on the way out or on the way back. Who knows? Yeah, you're a big fall foilage guy, aren't you? Oh, big. Big time. Huge. The biggest, actually. The biggest. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a great time. It's a great time of year. So, yeah, I encourage everybody to get out and enjoy the foilage. You know, great view from Lehighton Stadium when the all, all the mountains start turning. Seriously, I'm not I'm not trying to be sarcastic here. Lehighton, you, you stand up there on the top of the press box at Lehighton Stadium, and it's, it's a pretty cool view. If you stand on the visitor sideline during a at, at twilight, shall we say, you'll get quite a sunset coming over the mountain behind the press box. For so, just just saying. Just saying, it's worth it. It's worth it. I know we typically hang out on the home side, but uh, but yeah, if you venture over to the other side, it's, uh, it's worth the view. For more local travel tips and information, check out Pat's Twitter, PatMatt01. He's a, a serious blogger on you know where the oh, yeah. where the best sunsets foodie. are and you know foodie. Uh, foodie. Maybe one day I'll change my Twitter handle to uh, PatMatt, <laughs> uh, something that wasn't a default setting when I signed up like seven years ago. All right. Anyway, Central Columbia coming into town. They played a tough Mount Carmel team week one. I think they lost 23 nothing, But that Mount Carmel team is top 30 on Max Preps. They're the real deal this year. Um, and then they kind of handled Shikalemi last week. And so I, this is going to be a good game, I think. I know you had a chance to sit down with head coach Tom McCarroll earlier this week. So let's toss it over to head coach McCarroll, and he's going to join our show right now. It wasn't a whole lot of, of X's and O's as far as tweaking. Um, the tweaking really just came from our kids' approach. You yeah. know, you know. I guess I, I think, and, and maybe we're, we're guilty of it as coaches, but I, I think the kids certainly maybe looked back and said, hey, you know, we beat Fleetwood the first sure. week of the season for the last three years. Sure. And, and maybe say, okay, well, you know, we'll, we'll be okay. We'll get a win, and then we'll move forward. And, and I, I just don't know how focused they were, you know, going into a week one against an opponent that they thought maybe they were better than. And, yeah. um, again, that's, that, that, re, that reflects on us as coaches. So, you know, what we did is we just took a different approach with them mentally. You yeah. know, said they need to be way more locked in. They need to, you know, kind of maybe overestimate your opponent rather sure, than underestimate. Sure. And that's kind of the card we played. And the nice thing, too, was we, we spoke with the team. And it was, there wasn't a whole lot of screaming and yelling. Um, at this point, I feel like it's a little too early for that. Yeah. And we said to them, you know, we asked them, you know, for some input. What, yeah. what in, in their eyes, in their mind, what what areas did they fall short on? So they really identified some uh, some things. And I think when when you can kind of self reflect. Oh yeah. You know, as, especially as a young kid, 
and say, okay, here's where I came up short. Mm -hmm. And I think they take some ownership in that. And then all week we kind of focused on, you know, what they identified as a little bit of the shortcomings. Yeah. So when we went into Friday night, it was it was the things that they fixed and not us saying you need to fix this. It was what they identified. And I just think that that, that approach, you know, like I said, for them mentally was, was a way to go. Accountability. I mean, and for them to be able to kind of like, you know, like you said, actually be able to kind of reflect a little bit and say like, oh, okay, you know, here's an area where, you know, you take you take a look back and say, oh, if I had a chance to do it again, sure. you know, uh, you know, now knowing what I do now, yeah. um, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do this, you know, and I learned obviously and you can take those lessons going forward yeah. so yeah there was there was no question I, and like I said it was it was it, you know from a coach like I said it's it's it was neat like I said to see them take the ownership yeah. take the accountability you know but then coming off of a big win like that you know the question is now we've seen two sides yeah yeah you know, you, you've seen the side where you kind of underachieved sure and then you saw the the, the team that that kind of you know answered the bell yeah answered the challenge and the adversity so now the big question is well which team are you Sure. You know what I mean? So, and that's kind of what we talk to them. Say, you know, you have you've two samples, samples yeah. to choose from. Yeah. You know, which one are you going to go with? And that's up to them. And, you know, I, I think that's going to be our theme this year is putting it back on them. And that's not it's not passing the buck, but it's saying, hey, like I said, you guys take control. Yeah. You know, and that's I think the best teams, you know, that that you see in any area, in yeah. any, at any level, are, are really led by the players. Yeah. You know, more so than the coaches. So when you can get the kids to kind of take that leadership and that ownership and say, okay, here's what we need to do to get better from our perspective, from their perspective. Sure. Um, you know, I think that certainly lends itself to, you know, being a little bit a little bit better and maybe a little more willing to fix it quicker. Yeah. Um, anything else that you saw coming out of coming out of the Haven game or just anything else for you that you see with Central Columbia this year maybe compared to last year? Well, you know, not so much this year to last year because they were so senior heavy. A lot of playmakers, yeah. they're, they're, they have a different type of makeup, but they are, I think, more similar to a Schuylkill Haven okay. than yeah. they are a Fleetwood, um, just in a style, uh, a lot of three-back stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, they do spread it from time to time, uh, but I think their bread and butter and where they kind of make their money is going to be run the ball. Yeah. So I think the fact that we had success stopping a guy like Sure, Grish, sure. Um, and, and, and certainly uh, nothing against Central Columbia, but they don't have a player like Kobe Brish. Yeah. Now they may be more diverse across the, the board, yeah. but I think when you when you can limit, you know, I, I, we didn't really shut them down, but we limited Cody, Kobe Brish to, to 81 yards. I think it was, which is, which is a win for us. Yeah, you know, it's, absolutely. That's, that's, that's a successful night. So I think if we can kind of ha again have that same mentality, you had you had guys running to the ball. That yeah. was a neat thing. We had 11 hats to the ball, um, and so that certainly was a, was a formula for success. So no matter what offense you have, no matter yeah. what kind of player. If our kids can commit to that on every Friday night, yeah, yeah, we're going to be better off, you know, and, and our chances for success go way up. Um, and to have those guys buying in, you know, obviously on both sides of the ball, offense and defense. Um, and like I know we talked about just with the way you saw maybe as Jim Thorpe playing defense against Haven, and the, had a lot of guys, you know, kind of flying to the ball, a lot of hats on the ball, and that's and you know, obviously if you guys are able to kind of, you know, kind of replicate that sure. in some ways, and sure. just you know, obviously you see the result that it has, um, that's huge. So yeah, man, it's like I said, you know, it's. <laughs> Football, football is football. Football is, is is a game of cheating or copying. Yeah, uh, not cheating is not the right word. You understand what I'm saying? But, but sure. Copying. Oh yeah. You know, it's, it's a copycat sport. You know, you, everybody takes an offense from somewhere. Yeah. You know, they, they, you know, whether it be the pe people they coached for, they sure. coached under, they played for, what they like on TV, whatever the case may be, it's a copycat kind of sport. Yeah. So you know. Um, you know, we take obviously anything that that an opponent had success with against. Sure. You know, if you see a blueprint, yeah. You know, yeah. If, if we can fit it into our system, you know, we'll certainly do that. You know, Absolutely. we're not going to change our identity, but it, but again, if you can kind of you know manage. You know what we do. Sure. And have that same kind of approach. Certainly, why why wouldn't you want to do that? Absolutely, yeah. So Back here for Times New Sports Chat podcast presented by the Lehigh Valley Health Network. 
Big thanks to Lehigh United coach Tom McCarroll for taking the time. Let's talk about Jim Thorpe. Jim Thorpe, 2-0 on the year. Big win over Schuylkillhaven Week 1. Last week, they cruised to a 42-0 win against Marion. Kind of set the tone early. Flea flicker for a touchdown to open the game. So, a nice, special Jim Thorpe trick play. Jim Thorpe special to open the play and kind of set the tempo. So, Jim Thorpe, Marion, what are your thoughts on Jim Thorpe early in the season, Pat? Uh, we talked about Northwestern being the team that kind of picked up right where it left off last year offensively, and Jim Thorpe has definitely won. It's done the same on defense. You know, they're leading the area um, in you know in that category yet again. And uh, you just look at what they've done. You, know, you think about week one against Google Haven, really came up big to, to shut down Kobe Brish, and obviously uh, that carried over into last week against against Marion. So. Um, yeah, and obviously you look at maybe like a C.J. Selby, um, their running back. Uh, he was certainly one of the, uh, I think, premier players in the area maybe a year ago. And he's, I would say, probably been, you know, the focus, the focal point of the offense and has been, you know, he's been huge. He's been huge for that. And I'm sure somebody for some of their younger guys, some of their newer starters to kind of lean on. And, uh, yeah, he's he's been a really big part of what they've done on offense. Calcano, new quarterback in town, Jim Thorpe. His stats might not be eye-popping, but he has really extended some of these pass plays with his legs. He had a really nice play action for a touchdown against Haven in Week 1. So I think as he develops, that can be a, a real special tandem in the Olympians' backfield. Yeah, and I'm sure maybe you're kind of hoping that, you know, as he kind of gets comfortable with the offense, um, you know, maybe they go a little more run-heavy, maybe lean on uh, C.J. Selby uh, more early, and then by the time you get to, you know, the midway point of the season, second half of the season, uh, Calcano could obviously very well be, a, you know, a kid that's making more plays with his arm and still, you know, still his legs. So that could really be that kind of dynamic duo, uh, one-two punch out of the backfield. You're right, as you mentioned also, earlier. Madera as well. So. Absolutely. Good experience for Madeira in the backfield. Yeah. You did mention the Red Swarm defense. By far, currently the best defense in our area at 71 yards per game. Yeah. They're no stranger to good defense over there in Jim Thorpe, but their offense averaging over 300 yards a game offensively, too. So they're kind of a very, very efficient football team right now, it seems. Well, we talked to Mark at Schuylkill Media Day, uh, Schuylkill Coaches Association Media Day, and, uh, you know, he didn't seem to feel there was going to be much of a drop-off with that team this year, despite the talent that it lost on both sides of the ball, he was confident that they were going to be able to again, be right in the thick of it and again, be, be a, be a title contender. And they've, they haven't shown us, you know, otherwise so far this year. Like you said, Selby is currently the workhorse of the times news area, 38 carries, 318 yards on the ground, averaging over eight yards per carry. So he kind of helps make that offense go, and it's going to be fun to see what Thorpe can do throughout the rest of the season. Patrick, they are going to take on a Panther Valley team, who we'll get to momentarily this week. But Marion, who we just talked about, uh, 0-2 Colts are going to travel to Trinity, a non-league game that is somewhere in the middle of the state. <laughs> I'm sure you know, you're know you the one who likes to travel to these games so much. I'm surpri- surprised you're not going out there. 
extremely surprised that I'm not making the trip to Trinity this week. Um, I've, I've been to Fleetwood. I've been to Hamburg so far for the first two weeks of the season. Granted, Hamburg was uh, of my own doing. I had a choice there. But, yeah, I've, uh, I've been some places and seen some things. So I'm surprised that I didn't draw that card this week. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised, too, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, the... The Colts, you know, kind of down in numbers this season, um, looking to get back on track at Trinity, and I don't know a ton about Trinity, if I'm being honest with you, Patrick. And I appreciate your candor and your honesty, to be honest, with you, uh, because I as well am not well-versed in Trinity football, but... I think for Marion, this is a team that's, again, just kind of trying to get back on track. Um, it's another difficult game. You know, you look at some of the teams they've played so far early on with, obviously, Jim Thorpe, but they also played Midwest, and now they have Trinity. So it's been kind of a varied slate so far. Um, and, you know, they're, I'm sure, looking toward maybe even the second half like they did last year, that second half of the season where – they're kind of able to be a contender for, you know, for the division in the division two race, I guess, and see kind of how things play out there. But, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, it hasn't been an easy an easy start to the season for Pat Morton and the Colts. Definitely sustaining drives and getting some consistency offensively is, is I'm sure, going to be a key here. They are taking care of the football, though. They're plus one in the uh, plus minus on the year so far. Trinity, I can tell you, is two and zero. They have a win against Delone Catholic and another win against York Catholic. So uh, a lot of unfamiliarity probably between these two teams who I, as far as I've been here with the Times News, I don't think they've played. So, Not that I'm aware of, no. Um, I think this is certainly a, a new one on Marion's schedule this year. Should be interesting for sure. So the Colts will look to get back in the win column this week against Trinity. Like we said, Panther Valley... And we'll hear from head coach Rick Jones momentarily. They're going to host Jim Thorpe this week, Patrick. And I believe you were at that game last week, weren't you? I was. I was. Uh, the Panthers started strong against Hamburg, went right down the field um, early on. Some really nice plays by Ethan Rice, Blake White. You know, they were able to really do some things. And then Hamburg just kind of took over um, and sort of wore the Panthers down and pulled away uh, in the second half. Let's throw it over to your interview with Panther Valley head coach Rick Jones, and this was right after the game last week. This week than we were last week, and that was, you know, you know, baby steps, baby steps. Okay. Anything uh, particular that looked promising to you, optimistic, good news? Well, just the fact that, that we came out and played hard. I mean, we know that we're a program that's in, in, in transition right now, and, you know, we're just making it one game one day at a time. Our number one objective was to come out and compete. And, and, and I thought, you know, they didn't have, they had one offensive touchdown in the first half. And I thought, you know, we, they kind of worse down in the second half. And, you know, we, we understand that. We're not a strong team at this point yet. Who is number 84, your backup quarterback? Uh, Julian Matula. M-A-T-U-L-A? Yeah. Okay, because he's not on the roster that yeah. we got. So. All right, well, he should be, but yeah. M-A- Julian, J-U-I-L-I-N. Okay. Patrick, what do you take out of maybe that opening drive? You know, guys that, you know, things that they did really well there just kind of be able well, to move the ball down. The what field. I take about it is that they came out focused and played hard, and, and, and we caught 
we caught them in some things we hadn't done before. Um, you know, like I said, our objective is to come out and compete, and we've yeah. just got to get better. We know that we're we're up against the wall schedule-wise. You know, so we, you know we're trying to. Get, you know, obviously we got banged up a little bit. Uh, we got to try to get through these next couple of games because you know the second half of the season are teams that we can compete with if, if we're healthy. But we just want to come out and compete, and play hard. And I, 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 I will tell you, I was thrilled with that aspect because we did not play real well last week. But this week is a different story. Being able to get different guys in there. Thanks, yeah, buddy. thanks, Jeff. Hey, Taylor, everybody, for me, right? Being able to get different guys in there, second half. You know, getting you know guys more varsity experience. You know, what do you take out of? Well, you know, like everybody that? got to play. You know, everybody's getting reps. You know, we're we're just trying to find people. You know, obviously with our schedule, we're going to need guys to be able to play backup yeah. wise down the road. And sure. We did some decent things. You know, they played hard. I mean, I guess that's that's the key. Yeah. Um, anything, you know, that from Hamburg, you know, that maybe just kind of, like you said, I know you talked about a little bit, like them kind of wearing you down a little bit in the second Yeah, they're, they're yeah. physically stronger yeah. than we are. They, do, they have an excellent coaching staff. They do a good job scheming offensively. They come after you on defense. Uh, you know, we struggled with their stunts. You know, even though you prepare for them, your, your scout team never is quite as good as the team that you're playing sure. against when you're running them. Sure, and, and, you know, but they have a really good staff. I, I want to emphasize the fact that they do a great job with their kids and scheming and, you know, that that's, you know, that's that's the challenge of coaching. And I know we talked this week, and you mentioned about Chuck Cuts and you know, kind of Harry Myers and those guys. You know, what is it like for you to kind of have, you know, where you're able to kind oh, of? Oh, we, you know, I have, guys. yeah. I mean, I look at, I have nothing but respect, admiration, and affection for those guys. Chuck is a class coach. Harry's a great guy. I mean, Aaron Menapace is their offense coordinator. Yeah. Knows this stuff. I mean, they're, they're great staff. You know, and, and they, they do a good job. And they're trying to build their program just like we're trying to build sure. our program. They're just a couple years ahead of us, yeah. that's all. Um, but anything else that you take out of tonight in terms of what you're doing to try to lay that foundation, you know, going forward? I well, guess. just play hard every, yeah. all the time. And I thought we did. We just physically, and we're going you know, to have issues strength-wise all year. Sure. So we're just going to try to keep playing, that's all. Absolutely. Back for more of the Times News High School Football podcast presented by the Lehigh Valley Health Network. Big thanks to Panther Valley head coach Rick Jones for his interview with Patrick after the game last week. Let's talk about Northampton at Pleasant Valley. Pleasant Valley 0-2. Had a battle with William Allen last week, and the Canaries were victorious 41-14. First-year head coach there, probably brand-new culture, brand-new offense. We definitely know there's a brand-new offense down there in Broadheadsville. I know you had a chance preseason to talk to the Pleasant Valley uh, coaching and personnel. So tell me a little bit about what they're trying to install there in Broadheadsville, Patrick. I know this year they were, you know, maybe kind of trying to move away a little bit from the kind of the spread looks, uh, or you know, even sort of like just kind of the traditional maybe kind of eye formations and just kind of go to uh, you know go to like a triple option attack um, and really kind of keep the ball on the ground. Uh, and I think a lot of that was sort of geared and designed to keep uh, the opposing offense off the field, you know, and just kind of run up, you know, run out a lot of the clock and uh, just kind of just try to take time, uh, you know, have long, sustained drives and just try to really, I think, kind of have that, uh, you know, have that approach where uh, keeps the de- keeps the defense um, on the sideline and just kind of try to grind out a couple of drives. Pleasant Valley had four receptions last week, and they were all by Ryan Blass, who had all four of his team's catches for 44 yards. Good stat-keeping there by our very own Andy Steinman, so kudos to him for the good note. 
But yeah, especially when you play in the EPC and you're just playing monster schools every week. There's no break in the EPC. So when this offense gets established, I'm really curious to see how this option offense is going to do in a in a conference where, you know, they, they air it out pretty often in the EPC. Yeah, and you would have to think, you look at a team like Pan- or Pleasant Valley, and if that's a kind of ground-and-pound uh, you know, option-style attack, uh, it would, they would certainly be an outlier in the EPC, where you have so many schools kind of doing that spread, sort of air raid uh, type of offense where they just throw it all over the field. Uh, we've seen so many great quarterbacks come out of, come out of the EPC in the last couple of years, just with you know, huge numbers, uh, prolific passers. But, uh, yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see just kind of – and I think, too, it'll take a little bit of time before, uh, you know, not so much that the staff there kind of gets their personnel in place, but obviously you're kind of having these kids change over again uh, to a new style, system, coaching staff, uh, kind of seeing you know, what Pleasant Valley's had the last couple of years. And now they have to adjust and kind of adapt to, to what's in place this season. The Bears will take on Northampton, who had a convincing 49-6 to win against Deeriff last week. Let's move on to the second last game on our local schedule. Northern Lehigh is going to travel to Banger. Patrick, the Bulldogs, good start to the season. Yeah, and there's another, you know, another team... Uh, that we kind of talked to and talked about a lot in the preseason uh, with head coach Joe Tout and kind of what they're doing in Sladington. And he was excited. I mean, he was really, really excited in the preseason about what they have this year, uh, you know, kind of the speed, the talent that they have. And you look at what they did against Wilson week one, they were able to kind of grind out a 14-10 win, got a touchdown late to secure that one. And then last week they jumped on Caddy early, um, and they almost had that as a, you know, at a, as a mercy rule game you know, by, by halftime. So, yeah, I think uh, this is, again, a case where you have a team that, uh, you know, they have pieces in place, and I think that's just kind of the foundation that they're just going to keep building on as the season goes forward. And they could definitely be, uh, we already mentioned about some of the other top teams in the Colonial League, but I don't think there's any reason to believe that Northern Lehigh can't be or maybe isn't right there. They're averaging 345 yards a game offensively, and they are the current second-best defense in our area in terms of yards per game allowed. Also, they're the least penalized team through two weeks in our area. So, obviously, a lot that you know that that staff is uh, very happy with and proud of through the first two weeks of the season. Uh, It's always difficult to kind of get through those opening weeks you know you're going to maybe kind of have some things to correct or clean up but uh but yeah they've been they've been good they've been really sound through the first two weeks here's bulldogs head coach joe tout talking about the first two weeks of the year talking about what's coming up in week three and just kind of the state of the northern lehigh football program momentum do you feel like you guys have you know coming out of these out of these first two weeks i guess uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, definitely positive. You know, it's been a de- definitely a positive start. Um, you know, it's di- it's different from last year in that we knew Wilson. You know, I think they returned something like eighteen yeah. out of twenty two out of twenty two. So, you know, it, it was a different game. We felt pretty confident last year. You know, we had a veteran team. 
and then and then this year heading into that Wilson game, uh, we felt that it was a very very even matchup. So, you know that that was definitely a good win to get. You know, we feel battle tested getting getting through that game. Sure. Um, and then you know we also had the benefit we've been home the last two weeks. Yeah. So Catasauk was a younger team again. Um, they 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 lost their young team. That's the reality of it. So, sure. like I said, but we did what we needed to. So, um, a lot of positives, a lot of positives out of the first two weeks, you know, but like I said, now that, now the concerns we're, we got to get on a bus, you know, really for the first time, yeah. you know, after a school day. And so we're trying to make sure yeah. our guys are focused on that. Um, you know, just kind of, you know, thinking about, um, I guess, looking at a team like Banger, um, do you see, do you see similarities at all in terms of maybe, you know, kind of their style, um, in terms of the way they play to, to kind of your approach, I guess? Just, you know, um, with Coach Reduzzi being there now, yeah. you know, he, he um, Northern Lehigh Penargel had, had been a bit of a rivalry. Yeah. And uh, we, we expect he's going to bring a, a toughness. Sure. Two two banger, you know, and and not necessarily. I, I think, you know, they were well coached with with Tommy Toth being there. Sure. Um. So I think they have similar mentalities. So we're gonna see that. You know, Banger was a different team when when Tom took over compared to what they had been ever since Frank Scagliotta left. Sure. So I think Paul's gonna maintain that. You know, that toughness and you know that that type of mentality. So if there's similarities. I, I think that's kind of the similarity. Um, I mean, what do you see, you know, even kind of looking at what they've done through the first two weeks, you know, where obviously, you know, you guys have, have both played caddy, um, you know, and then obviously they're coming off of a, of a tough loss against, um, you know, obviously, um, you know, a very good Notre Dame team. But what do, you, what do you see just in terms of what they were able to do, you know, just through those those first two weeks, I guess? Just, you know, it's 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 going to be – it's new for us in that um, he he's got I'm trying to get a feel for them because now now you know I'm assuming Paul's probably calling their defense and his his offensive coordinator yeah. appears to be someone different than who he had at Penargel with him. Okay, so there, there's definitely you know we're seeing them in the eye. You know, so there's there's we're seeing some things that we do. You sure. know, they're running some plays that are similar to us. They're running some plays that are similar to what they used to run at Penargel. Yeah. So it's it's more or less trying to get a fit for that. You know, the, the difficult thing for us has been they played Catasauqua week one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Caddy, you know, they're 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 more of a, a double wing. Yeah. You know, uh, option look, and then Notre Dame's going to come out. And just it, they're out. never they're never they never have they're either single back or no backs. Yeah. So that's kind of the you don't have a ton of film on them with a new coaching staff. So that's been a bit of a struggle. Um, you know, just kind of seeing that maybe you know last week uh, I think Notre Dame might have forced uh, you know four turnovers. Um, how much do you preach ball security? I guess for your guys, and then also on the defensive side of it, you know, kind of trying to force takeaways. Yeah. No, absolutely. You know that that's. That's that's always you know there's always a correlation between look at teams with winning records and turnover margin sure. you know you're always in you're in the plus there so yeah that that's something we we feel right now um, 
you know, our, our kids are playing with confidence right now. We feel like we're playing well. And, and those are the things. Uh, we had two turnovers last week, yeah. you know, and, and with Katasaka, we was down a bit. You know, we felt like we made it a little tougher on ourselves than it had to be. Yeah. You know, and, and like I said, one, one turnover, uh, their kid made a play. He made a great play in an interception. Uh, the second turnover, uh, we were, we're fighting for extra yardage. You got the ball stripped. Sure. And I said, those are the type of things we got to clean up, you know, because that was, that was early third period that could have got to mercy roll. Oh yeah. You know, you know, and we would have, we would have got out of there healthy, you know, got, got all our kids in, you know, and that, that's when you're in that point, that's, that's what we're trying to clean up, but we're trying to definitely focus on, you know, that's always something we focus on is that turnover battle. And then, you know, with our, we feel like we're, we have better team speed than we've had. Yeah. Um, we have pretty good team speed defensively. So that's the other thing, you know, when you're able to get a lot of guys to the ball, that's, you know, you start coaching them on. Now, if you're number two, you're number three guy, you know, once we have the tackle secure, get in there and rip oh, out. Yeah. It. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And just kind of, you know, so much, you know, moving beyond like just kind of the fundamental type things and sort of getting to that, uh, you know, kind of taking those next steps, um, you know, and obviously I'm sure it kind of opened you guys up for what you're able to do, um, you know, just with them. But, uh, you know, coming out of the first week, you know, you kind of have a close game, a really tough game, and then last week, you know, you kind of get started, you know, get on them a little bit earlier, you know, you kind of have that lead at halftime. Um, how much does it maybe kind of help to even have have played two games like that, I guess? <laughs> It's it, the nice thing now is that extra is that extra day. Yeah, that that's really been a plus because I, I felt like knowing we we truly felt Wilson was an even matchup. Yeah, we, we felt that was you know a game that either team could win. Whoever made mistakes was going to lose it. So with that being said, we put a ton in. <laughs> you know, we 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 put a lot of stuff in anticipating okay it's a close game you know do we have the stuff we normally have in yeah you know in a mid-season game do we have a, a reverse in sure. that we usually don't worry about week one so with that being said we it felt this year the difference this year it felt like we were trying to get a ton in early and then last week we were able to come back and just nothing new you know just yeah. one or two tweaks to, to something that we picked up, you know, um, but really just that attitude of let's just get better this week. Let's just do everything the same. And now we had that benefit of having that extra day. So that, that's been the biggest part. So we're just kind of refining right now. It just felt not rushed, but it just felt like a lot of stuff in early. Oh, sure. And now we have that benefit of kind of going back now and just picking the areas that we need to focus on and really get better at yeah and i mean i'm sure for you guys it's got to be great and exciting you know just to kind of know that you have that foundation laid um and now they're just going to kind of keep building on it hopefully and building on it and building on it yeah absolutely yep so yeah that, I mean, that's you know like i said we're just uh trying to be keep them grounded too cool. and you know just focus on on banger um, anything else, I mean, anybody else that you want to kind of talk about just in terms of, you know, guys that really stood out for you, you know, last week or just through the first two weeks of the season? Uh, there's a bunch. Yeah, yeah, there's a bunch. No, Carter, Carter Smith first has been, Carter's been very good at the end and yeah. at guard. You know, he's a guy you don't, you may not 
hear him a whole lot because, like I said, he's in the trenches. But sure. now he, he's been he's been very good. And then, um, you know, our two ends. The other end is Bryce Dye. Those guys have been been doing a really good job for us. So we've we felt our line. Um, we weren't really sure to what to, to make. We knew we had yeah. kids back um, offensively and defensively on our fronts. And, uh, you know, right now we're just, we're really happy with them. We, we kind of think we have potential to be better up front than we were last year. And had you asked me that question last year, I wouldn't have, Yeah, I wouldn't have thought that necessarily, you know, just losing. I knew we had the majority of kids back, but I just, you know, didn't, didn't, wouldn't have thought that necessarily, you know, the way we look, but like yeah. I said, our kids look very good. But, uh, now, like I said, there's a bunch of them, you know, our skill guys. Oh yeah. Our skill guys, you know, we're, we're using a bunch of them. And, and like I said, some of them, a kid like Trevor Amorum. Yeah. Um, you know, and he's young, you know, he didn't play middle school football for us. He's only a sophomore. So he's another one. You can just see him when you're coaching him in practice, you can kind of see sometimes he doesn't understand yet. You know, when when we're trying to teach him on a certain play to follow his block, yeah, he just he kind of doesn't get it. Maybe the design of the play, sure. You know, just things that you get with playing, and it's fun to watch him. You know, we we got on one of the the plays scored on was one of the plays where we talked to him about you know keeping the play inside the tackles before yeah. you run outside, and and he did it. You know, and Which it, is awesome. <clears throat> just stuff like that. We feel like he's gonna he's another one younger guy that's just going to get better each week you know he's starting to you got to really coach him up on some things yeah. but he's he's uh you know he's starting he's he's going to pick it up more and more and like i said those younger guys if they could do that then then we're going to be in pretty good shape oh. i'm here with emmett mccall sports editor of the times news emmett Thank you for joining me again my pleasure justin you saw the tamaka raiders play last week and they've been one of the best area teams so far in the young season. So what are just some of your kind of quick hits and initial thoughts from this Raiders team that you saw last week? Um, very impressed with the, with the offense. We knew coming in, got Brady Knobloch, Nate Boyle, Matt Kissler, you know, three great skill players and all three have really lived up to their, uh, to their preseason reviews so far this season. Last week, uh, Braden was nine for nine didn't have a ball hit the ground. Um, Matt Kissler caught a couple of more touchdown passes. I think in my post-game notes last week, I said he's averaging almost 30 yards per catch this year. Um, Nate Boyle, after a little bit of a rough first game, exploded. Five or six carries, 150-plus yards, a few touchdowns. So um, Raiders' offense is the real deal, I think, this year. What about the defense? I know it's a short sample size, but yeah. they were really good last year. Two shutouts. Um, got off to a bit of a slow start. Hard to say that in a 50 nothing blowout. But Monty took the opening kickoff. They run this midline option. It's kind of – you can't picture it. It's what Navy has done the last few years in the college game. And they run it really well and kind of controlled the clock. Took eight minutes off the clock. March all the way down to the Tamako three-yard line on that opening drive. Wow. Raiders came up big. Made a couple of big plays at the goal line. Some negative yardage plays. And then from then on out, seemed to adjust to the offense and 
and shut, shut out a, a mono-area offense that scored 27, 28 points the week before against Tri-Valley, has a pretty couple pretty good skilled people running running that offense. So overall, uh, another solid effort by the Tamaqua defense. So the Raiders will take on Schuylkill Haven, who in week one played a 10-7 game against Jim Thorpe. Jim Thorpe, who is currently, by a wide margin, our area's best defense and I'm already looking forward to Tamaku Jim Thorpe. I know we got a lot of football before that, but that has been such a great rivalry the last couple of years. But I think this Haven game is, and taking nothing away from Tamaku's first two opponents, going to be an interesting way to gauge kind of where Sam Bonner's club is so far this year. Yeah, that's a good point. And um, the one thing about Haven, though, is we don't really know what kind of Haven team it is this year. Um, you know, we hadn't played them last week, and and had a pretty pretty dominant performance to beat Haven last week and that was the Lehighton team that was coming off a pretty bad loss in week one so on the other hand Haven uh, gave Jim Thorpe a great game one um, first week game uh, 10-7 like you said so um, but I do think I, I'm not exactly sure how good this Haven team is but I do think it is a, a bit of a step up and Tamako better be ready to play this week. Just something else that I saw Max Preps has their rankings for every class in the state of Pennsylvania. And their current rankings have, in AAA, Aliquippa's one, Conwell Egan two, North Schuylkill is three, North Catholic in Cranberry Township is four, and Tamaqua's coming in at five. So we have two District 11 schools, one local team in Tamaqua, both ahead of schools like Newman Garetti, who, who's seven on the list. So I talked to Coach Bonner earlier in the year about expectations and how they're going to manage it, how the kids are going to manage it. And he kind of said that they're ready. They've been playing ball together for 10 plus years now. And, they, you know, they kind of have a loose practice, but they know kind of when to you know, pack up the briefcase and go to work. So kind of what was the vibe with on the Tamako sideline after the game? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of um, I talked to Nate Boyle after the game and it was yeah, we did what we were supposed to do. You know, they they expect to win. They expect to beat teams soundly. They um, they have a good team, and I think uh, I think you know the expectations aren't too high for them. I don't. I think the team's expectations are higher than everyone else's. Um, I, I think uh, you were talking a little earlier about can't wait to see the Tamak with Jim Thorpe could throw North Schuylkill in there. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're looking far ahead, but North Schuylkill, Jim Thorpe, Tamaqua, Jim Thorpe, Tamaqua, uh, North Schuylkill. It's, you know, we've got some really good teams in that Schuylkill league, and uh, hopefully they all keep winning, and, and we have some really good football coming coming down the stretch this year. Yep, well, this week it'll be Tamaqua Haven, and Mike Farr always has that team ready to play. So, Real interested to see how Tamaqua stacks up against the Hurricanes this week, but you did have a chance to talk to Nate Boyle, Tamaqua senior, who does a little bit of everything for the team and probably is going to be in the running for our player of the year at some point based on the last couple of years, and he's just kind of an integral part of that team. So let's check out your interview with Nate Boyle right after last week's game. Okay, Nate, talk about tonight's victory and a 2-0 and start for Tamaqua. Yeah, it was a great victory tonight. We played hard both sides of the ball, and... Uh, you know, we worked hard all week to, to have this uh, result. So, uh, you know, we just got to keep going and play all week. And uh, you guys, uh, after struggling a little with the running game last week, you had a big night on the ground today. Talk about how you guys focused on the uh, Coach really stressed it this week. You know, we didn't get what we wanted last week, but, you know, uh, we have great uh, weapons on offense. Uh, Braden and Matt had a great great games to uh, make up for that. So, you know, once we get all everything working, it, 
working like we did today, good things happen. That about wraps it up for our podcast here. We had a lot of great guests on today, Patrick. The rest of our local games on our grid picks, well, they're not local, but they're District 11. They're pretty lunch local. Let's be real here. Notre Dame at Southern Lehigh, going to be a good one. That's huge. Yeah. Huge. Huge. Even Central Catholic at Nazareth is another big game. And Freedom at Parkland. I, I don't know how to pick games. I don't know what I'm doing, man. I don't even know. I might flip a coin for every game this week. Wilson at Salisbury. Mahanoy area at Holy Redeemer. Catasauqua at Penargel. And North Schuylkill at Why I'm Missing. So, a lot of District 11 action going on. A lot of good games, Pat. Wow. That's tough. Yeah. And uh, ultimately, probably within the next I don't know. I probably should have had it done yesterday, but I know Rich Strack will be eager to get those grid picks, and uh, I'm sure that I'll be racking my brain trying to make the right choices. We should really poll all of these, and I'll just let the public make my picks one week because I like that. I'm terrible. Like that. We should, right? We should. We should yeah, do that. I think we could just definitely throw it up on the poll and and put it in my okay. column. I don't care. I I'm terrible. Like. I'm going to throw away my 5% chance of winning this thing. I, I'm in. We'll let the public decide. Public picks for the win. Yeah. I like that. We can actually see how our analysts do against the public. If we if we kept track throughout the year, I bet you they would definitely beat me. That's for sure. I think there's a decent chance of that. But, uh, yeah, we should have guest pickers. We should. Hey, whoever wants to come on and make some picks, give us a call. What's our office? Yeah. What's our phone number? Six one zero eight two six nine zero five six. Give us a call. Press four for sports. Yeah. Let's do it. Anytime. TN Sports at TNOnline.com. Yeah. We'll take your email. We're on Twitter. Let's do it. Yeah. Capital T times underscore capital N news. Go ahead. TN Online. We're, We're living in the twenty first century. I like it. Anyway, game of the week is Northern Lehigh. And they're taking on Banger, so make sure you check out that article. Congrats to the player, Luik Patrick, which is who? We heightened quarterback Lucas San Giuliano, who had a huge win um, against Google Haven last Friday for the Indians. Awesome stuff for the Tribe. So those articles will be in our Thursday paper along with our usual uh, football capsules and statistics. And as always, our writers are at every one of our local team's games, so make sure you check out Saturday's paper for all of our game stories and box scores. Patrick, you got anything else before we get out of here? I do not. That was easy enough. So for Patrick Matsinko, all of our great guests, and Emmett McCall, I'm Justin Carlucci. We'll catch you next time.